Today on our show, we're counting down the very best television shows of 2023. Best shit ever and happy new damn year, y'all. What's up? What? Show me that list again. Show me that list. Don't pick that horror. Baby, here's a rom-com. Counting down one, two, ten. This list is ready to begin. Because you know that we're assholes As long as we keep on listing We can take any topic comes our way Asshole week to week Suck my dick We got each other Sharing the soundboard and bone Wait, how do we share balls? I don't know <laughs> And we didn't, as I recall, the writing process was not like in depth. <laughs> the longest opener ever. Yeah, it's what you fans love to somehow, hear. Somehow, somehow. If you've come just for this episode, we're sorry. Yeah. Stick with us. It doesn't all be like that. It'll we get do, better. It'll get better. We do promise. But <laughs> Wayne, please take it away. Okay. Welcome to episode 455 of the Countdown Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Welcome to the podcast. We count down stuff in order of awesomeness so you don't have to. We are in our month long end of 2023, start of 2024 mode where we do our best and worst of TV and film from the previous year, i.e. 2023. We did the worst of 2023 last week, and, you know, to those people out there who say, shouldn't do that anymore, it's not nice, it's not nice, it's a bit tacky and shit, that's uh, our most downloaded episode after <laughs> a couple of days. <laughs> the internet likes long, to snipe, so we, you know. time, so maybe it's because there's a dearth of that content out there. It's a vent. But, yeah, anyway, so look, we're now doing the best, and I'm really looking forward to this today. A lot of TV watched this year, Wayne. I think 2023 was... I watched more TV than movies. Banner year of television, I have to say. I Huge. Think it was fantastic. So as much as I... Shout out some things last week. I don't think it went too hard apart from the last two, top two or three. There's some things that on some people's best of list that I mentioned last week in the worst of list. That's how good I think TV was this year. I might really, really struggled to make this 10 this week. I have As in seven, you had too many? I had seven or eight honorable mentions. And right till last night, I was warring what would make 9, 10, and 11 on I, my list. I switched up my number 10. About an hour ago, Paul. Totally understand. Because I had to. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. That's <laughs> what I said. Good on you. Good <laughs> on you. So we're going to absolutely give you some stuff that you can be watching into 2024 if you haven't seen it already. And hopefully if you have, you'll agree and be like, yes, what a great show that was. Or season, because we're talking seasons of shows here. So totally. Not just the show itself, because obviously you had to I come think the rule was. In 2023. Right? As long as I had a, a release a here. this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah. So I've got like season threes on my on my show, season four on my show. I've got show. ones that are still list, completing at the end of this year. Like they're that's still fine. To, that's fine. So yeah, you go. look, if it started, yeah, well, that's obviously the one I was talking about before. Excellent. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, then, without any further ado, and not even with a recount segment, too, because we did two weeks ago, we did the top 10 last and no need to compare that list. And so we won't. So here we are. Let's get into it, Wayne, straight off at the bat. You go first. I'm going to go first. Wayne has nominated me. This might ruffle some feathers. Oh, this will be Ruffle Feather City, and I'll be the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number 10, and you might be surprised it's so low, hmm. is Ted Lasso Season 3. Interesting. Interesting. Not on my list, Ooh, but not because it's good. It was list. great. It was great. It was great, but I had Hot some other ones in the middle. Damn. It's definitely on my on men's. Yeah, look, and for the simple reason, it just wasn't good, right? 
I think we can all agree. Wasn't as good as the previous ones? No. Seasons? Yeah, yeah. No. So well, it's the end. It's, it's very straightforward. Season one was the best by a million miles. Season two was very, very good. Season three promised a lot. And I think it kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I don't want to talk bad about this because I still really enjoyed it. I was still frothing to watch this show. Really wanted to see how it ended. think it ended on a nice note. Didn't have a problem with the way it ended. But the getting there, some of the decisions they made along the way kind of a little bit... Left me a little bit... Well, they went ahead and did the sort of flash forward at the very end kind of thing to not show you the main event or whatever, which I think wasn't a bad call. I I did want him to bang the owner of the club, uh, but he did not. Projecting once again onto a main character (laughs) in a show. Don't we all want to see the hero get to me? I see a pair of thick, (laughs) weighty breasts, and all logic flies out the window. That is Wayne to an absolute T. No, no, I think everyone wants to see their their, their, their hero get some ass. I think it's just... He did. He got ass with her friend. Yeah. I mean, you know, like real ass. Long, long lasting ass. (laughs) Long term, meaningful ass. Let's have a discussion about that way. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not move on. No, I think I think the, the the show did the character Nate really dirty. You think that they didn't have a resolution that was worthwhile for him? Uh, I feel like to me, this is pure conjecture. Not read this anywhere, not seen it, or had any evidence of it. But I feel like Bill Lawrence was further away from this show in its third season because he was focusing on something else, and I feel that re- the show really suffers from it. Bill Lawrence, to my mind, is a TV show genius. Yeah. I'm going to say it here. He's done one of my favorite shows of all time, The Scrubs. I've never watched Cougar Town, but I hear it's good. It's not bad. Spin City, Spin City is, is always going to be That was excellent. And then we've got this show. Like his pedigree is top fucking notch. Mm. What's he doing these days then? Is it that? I'll uh, tell you an, later. Another show? I'll tell right. you later. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my suspicion. And again, not a bad show. Really enjoyed it. It beat out some real strong contenders in my honorable mentions here to just hold its place at 10. I just wish it was slightly better. Okay. Sounds weird. I don't, I don't talk bad about it. I no. love Ted Lasso. I love the message. I love some of the comedy in it. I feel like they did maybe a little bit too much on the side characters, not enough on Ted in this third season. So there you are. My number 10. Ted Lasso season three. It's probably a good box set to own. That oh, kind yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Like that's like it's good wonderf- enough that it's the wonderful to return to in, in five or ten years' time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, nice one. What do you got for ten? My number ten is Platonic. Fuck y'all. Fucking Fuck all yes. What a piece of shit this show is. Yo, man, you Cut and David damn. Power can <laughs> eat all the dicks in the world. And I'm not fussy. David if you Power's walk the world, out, unite. You walk out of the house, you see a dick, eat that shit. <laughs> This is so fucking sucks. This but go on. All right. Let's hear you defend it. All right, here I will. I will. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're Good not familiar, luck. in Platonic, it's Seth Rogen and it's Rose uh, Burn. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> it's often a name and a comeback. <sighs> Why? Totally fine. Totally fine. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. So <laughs> Seth Rogen plays Will and he's a brew pub owner. Burn. <laughs> Who long ago had a falling out with his best friend Sylvia, played by Rose Byrne, and she took exception to the woman he wanted to marry. They fell out of touch, but now that he's divorced, they break their years-long silence and start hanging out again as platonic man and woman. Now, Paul and some other people don't like it because it sucks. No, it's a great show. What it is is this, this, this. Here it is, right? Because I watched like it's it's a ten episode season. It's right? Not fucking funny. I watched up to eight, and then I got busy because Paul made me watch other shit. And oh, then yeah, I- it's not my fault. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I came I back to it. resolute, motherfucker. I came back to it the last couple of days and watched the last two episodes. You had to watch the last couple of days. That's how much you love this show. No, no, no. I had to. The Paul, defense. I had competing Sorry, priorities. Sorry, prosecution rests. Hey, some people have a podcast to do and we can't <laughs> watch everything us. all the time. Some of us. Some of us, bitch. <laughs> Only one person in this room, apparently. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Fuck you. Let me tell you something, <laughs> This show really delves into something that is hardly ever talked about and never really like, explored, really. And that's the idea of a man and woman being together you and friends. You are not the proponent And not fucking. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the proponent. I'm not, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> right? I, have many, I have many female friends that there's not a sniff of any of that going on. All right? And that's what's going on here. a lot of years of not because, being sniffed upon. Yeah, okay. There. Look, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about the specific instances where it did not happen. Okay? And this is why you this show here. Hand. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> all, all of the questions that arise in that situation are brought up in this film. And it has a very uh, bittersweet ending. And it's also about the exquisite complication. It's relief. It's not relief. It's funny all the way along. And I'll tell you this as well. Rose Byrne is hella funny. And a woman. It's hilarious. Oh, oh, I'm, just, oh. I'm just saying. You it's lost like, me. Fuck you. you yeah, yeah, fuck me. you, PC. This right? is fuck the you, dumbest PC. shit it's anyone ever said in the history of, and I don't think I'm exaggerating here. I maintain. I'm not alienating 7% of I maintain that the chemistry between them is actually very rare. In in the, in the and I know what you're saying. You're saying that Seth Rogen's character in particular is a cunt. So unlike. And I would agree. His character is a shitty character, and you can easily not like him. It just feels like it's too much like Seth Rogen. I actually think that Seth Rogen would be a nicer guy than I this. hope so. I because he's so. like he, he messes up a lot of situations, and he does there's, sort of. There's get... one or two redeeming moments where he does stand up for her and do a do yeah, his yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but it's I'm like, not, it's I'm not like saying that. he's completely irredeemable. He's just a bit of a prick. No, he's a bit of a prick. But the thing is, that is what forces like sort of the aspects of the show, which make it like oh catharsis, you know, that kind of thing. It's like so. Look, I actually loved it, man. I loved it. With platonic. My wife, my wife, my wife. By the way, was like also what, didn't like what it. What is Wayne sniffing? You know, first of all... Troy didn't say those words, but that's why somewhere you say... Well, it's most of that question is asked. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, look, I, I, look, maybe it's... Look, I'm willing to admit it might just be a me thing. Me and this show connected very well okay. because me and this show had a lot of things in common. Thankfully, I've heard nothing about season two. I don't think it's going to happen if there's people like you and David Powell wandering around <laughs> fucking spouting off. But I, you know, I, I, I liked it for what it, it was a big surprise for me. I did not expect to like it. And, be, and I'd never heard of it before. So obviously it's not popular, Paul. So, you know, there you go. Platonic, oh, I still say, is good. All right, Wayne there. I am now going to interbat for another season three of a show. And I think a season three that was better than season two. Cool. My number nine is Only Murders in the Building season three. Did you like this one, did you? I did. I this did. only just made it off my list. And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Platonic was better than this. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so that's actually now you pointed that out. So Platonic is better than season three of Ted Lasso. Yeah. And Only Murders in the Building. I just want that to see in. Tots. Tots. To listeners. Absolutely. Standing by it. Standing by it. And if you could take some time and lick my crack, that would be great. please. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible call. Great call. Great call. Totally fine with it. (laughs) Anyway, the addition of Paul Rudd to the cast and Meryl Streep to the cast has done wonders for it, I feel. Meryl Streep is such a get. For a show like this, yeah. right? And then you got Ant-Man as well. Yeah, right? and I feel like the way the mystery played out and the way they did this, and it, it really is more than anything before it. it was, and I, I shouldn't like the show because it's really playing with the musical side of things. Oh, Yet, yeah, but it's in context. Uh, it's in context. That's what it is. And the, the gigs are pretty funny. The, the tunes are pretty funny. 
And then Steve Martin going to the white room, whatever the hell they call that. Very funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was funny. That was actually piss funny. And like, I the love ed- the ghost thing and, and their previous neighbor who's been a, a real annoyance in the show. Now he's, they're giving him something fundamentally yes. helpful to do. And he becomes a good character as well yep. with his gay partner, who's part of the cast. Great addition as well. He's a suspect at one point, and the pretty woman's a suspect at another point. I like this show. I thought it was really good. And I, as much as I guessed half of it, Wayne, yeah. half of it, I didn't guess. The why of it. That's pretty big for the plotomatic. So I was quite pleased, quite pleased myself to have gotten X far, but really impressed with the show that it, it pulled the rug out from under you one final time. So yeah, overall, I think this show goes from strength to strength. Very, very pleased he is a season four. And as long term listeners of the show might know, I dislike Martin Short immensely, but this is the exception <laughs> to the rule. He's great in this show. He, rem- he, he really remains the best character. I like the fact they split them up. They usually did that in, in season two. They didn't. They, I like they Steve in season three. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They bring them back together in this in this show. I don't know why I like Steve Martin Wayne because he doesn't want to live with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's long been your bone of contention, Wayne. You've never lived with a woman. No, never have. Steve um, Martin here clearly is built built of the same ilk as you, so I can understand why you identify. Look how him. happy he is. You know what though? G- getting to the show, right? Yeah. Apart from the fact that it's novel because it's a whodunit within a whodunit and all those sorts of things and all the new characters, the plain, like, basic truth of this show is it's so easy and fun to watch. Yeah, it's entertaining. I love watching those three fuck around, talk yeah. shit, anything great. Selena, we haven't mentioned Selena Gomez is the third part of that trauma. Excellent. You know what's great about her? She's surly and dour and teenagery or whatever but she still is, but draws still you in. exactly still charming and great to watch. This is not an easy thing to do. No, she she plays it great writing, great playing, wonderfully well. Absolutely. All right, so that's my number nine. Then Wayne, over to you. Okay, uh, this might be a little weird to everyone, given like how everyone ha- likes to shit on Marvel and stuff like that these days. But I'll tell you this, and I'm surprised it's still going. This show, it's almost ending. But my number nine is What If. This wow. second season. Have you seen any? No, not right. at all. Get this point. So I can't can't comment. Get I know this. that the first season disappointed me wildly. I know. So much I didn't even so I didn't even finish. I liked it. I liked the first season much more than you <laughs> at all. But for this season, check this out, Paul. Word on the street and Isn't it not I, finished now? Because didn't the first episode drop I like think we're at the eight or nine now? Isn't it fi- that's it? I'm pretty sure it's oh, finished. Really? Yeah, whatever you've said. If you want because I dropped one episode per day from December twenty second or whatever. Oh, I think it's like Yeah, present. maybe it's just finished now. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe okay. today. But get this right. This season, the writers have gone on record, and it's totally apparent by looking at it, that they each of the episodes are a homage to their favorite 80s film. All right? Oh, okay. So, get this. Neb- the first one is Nebula is a Space Cop, and it is totally Blade Runner. All right? Mm-hmm. The second one is, I can't remember the second one, but the third one, Die Hard, Paul. Die Hard. I'll watch at least one episode of this Happy season. Happy Hogan is the Bruce Willis fucking character. What? Yeah, John Favreau. John Favreau. Because he's in Nakatomi. I mean, he's in Avengers Tower, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, Tony is not there, right? It's on purpose, like because he's like he's just gonna. And he's does he uh, have a machine gun too, bro? Everything that you think <laughs> there's actually a ho 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 Shoot scene. Shoots Vesta. Everything. Shoot the glass. Not the glass, oh. but the the sign. All of those things are there. Original Val Johnson. Uh, there was a ri- there was actually his name checked in it by Cat Dennings. All right, I'm, I'm in. You gotta see it. You gotta see it. Okay? Just see that one, all right? Like I said, these are half hour episodes, so you're never gonna get like a movie no, no. version, right? Fair enough. But each time it's a joy. There's even a Mad Max, Paul. 
I'm just saying, a Mad Max homage. Mad Max Fury Road or Mad Max? In that same episode. No, no, different one. That one, there's that's the one where Tony Stark runs into the Grand Army. Fury Road, they're doing 80s homages. Yes, so it's probably the. It might even be Ben Hur's 80s. Number two, Rogue Warrior is 81. Yeah, something like that. But each one of them has like just little nods to it. Don't get me wrong, it doesn't take over the whole story. It's its own story. But you're looking at it going, oh, like this. It's really kind of cool. So better than season one? Yeah. Well, look. I think better than season one insofar as the um, the nostalgia of it will get guys like our age, right? But more than that, I think that they've built a... Po- now that you had season one and you're like, oh, okay, so there can be a Captain Carter or this or that. Yeah, I really liked the season one. So disappointing. The, the, the problem with season one was the was the Doctor Strange one, which was the well, weird one. Well, no, you keep saying this. The problem was the fucking Thor party world in Las Vegas one. That was shit. But that was the one where you saw Thanos and they were chill. Shit. Oh, no, that, was, that was the Black Panther one. You're right. Shit. No, the Black Panther. That's, that's that too first. many shit episodes that did fuck all. Yeah. Okay. And to be fair, I haven't seen the last couple for this one, so I'm not sure. Okay. All right. But I still maintain I've had such a good time with this all right. one. All right. so. well, not the one. Maybe I'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll There's see. one number nine. Jeez. What if season two? Who saw that coming? Nobody. Holy crap. My list will piss everyone off. By the way. Mm, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> My number eight is a limited series, one off, one and done on Apple TV called Hijack, starring the next James Bond, if the world has any class whatsoever, Idris Elba. Oh, what's this show? So this is six episodes, done, you're out, finished, and it basically follows his character who is flying back from, I don't know, Dubai or some shit to London. I'm not even sure they're meant to be in London, but that's where they divert to. And a bunch of hijackers including Neil Haskell, I think his name is, who was in a really great show called Utopia, the British version, not the American version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the lead kind of killer in it. It seems like a British show. Yeah, and yeah, it's got the guy from Coupling. Yeah, yeah. The the, the Richard, I think, the the, the good-looking dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. He's he's the pilot of the the aircraft. And then a whole bunch of people who you'll vaguely recognize from various bits and pieces, but not anyone famous. And so he's on this flight and it gets hijacked. He is a negotiating business by his trade mm-hmm. and he tries to get involved to try and save people's lives and everything else. And meanwhile, on the ground, it's the responses of the British government because it's a British plane and then the fact they divert towards London, are they going to blow the fuck of this thing out of the sky before it can become a weapon mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. mass destruction? Or, you know, so all the rest of it. It's really tense. Really? Very well acted. Totally believable. Drops the ball a little bit in the finale, which stopped it. We'll put it down here at eight rather than being maybe one through four. But very, I would recommend this heartily. I, I really enjoyed my time with this. It became appointment viewing from what the wife and I through its very short run. And I'm uh, really glad we watched it. So can't say too much more about it because it is very contingent on being, you don't know what's going on and why it's going on. But it's quite, brutal is too strong a word, but it's quite ruthless yeah, yeah. in some of what it does okay. in the show. So yeah. Nice. I never even heard of that one. And even the way that the the passengers who are confined to their seats are communicating with one another it becomes quite ingenious. Yeah, I will say. So yeah, I thought they they really played it off well. God forbid anyone should ever actually be in that scenario, but I feel like this is about as realistic as it could humanly get. So uh, I'm a terrible flyer, Paul, and that's just one more thing to me to worry about. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure you should bother given the, the number of yeah. again to as someone who has worked with a lot of people who who have fought yes, fought Paul anxiety, professionally calms down people yeah, like me. I used to I used to be one of the nationwide psychologists in this field. Hmm. Your chances of being struck by lightning twice are greater than dying in a plane crash. So there you go. 
Fair, fair. Good call. All, All right. right. That's my number eight. Wayne, what's yours? My number eight, and I should tell you people, this list is about fun for me. So uh, Paul's got a lot of academic. Which is good. a defensive way of saying my list is shit. Uh, you might Again. argue that. You might argue that. But this is there's a recency bias to this next one. Oh. But it was recommended to me by... One of you listeners, and I looked through all of our feeds and I couldn't tell you. So please tell me who recommended this to me. And then Paul backed it up a little bit. All right. Okay. It's obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> I was very surprised about this show. Do you know who, do you remember who did no, it? No, but I told you to watch it based on that too. I can't remember who's Nick Orton. No, no, I can't. I don't want to give name. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, well, uh, maybe Scott. As well, Scott might, might have messaged have me Scott. and said, oh, this sounds like a Wayne show. So yeah, thank someone you, Scott. actually said, you need, yeah, check this. So anyway, it's, um, check this out, right? It's a Netflix show, and it's about a group of elite special forces look crew. Look this up, yeah. Yeah, who have, uh, they think they've stopped this nuclear terrorist attack in Las Vegas to blow up the entire place with this kiloton massive huge bomb. So to celebrate, they get hammered on a combo of drugs. It was Scott. It was Scott? Scott on Instagram. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Uh, get hammered on a combination of drugs, alcohol, Sex, other debauchery, camels. They uh, then learn the plot that they were that they foiled was a decoy bomb. So they now have seven hours to stop the real bombing while being finger bang drunk slash zone faded. So, yeah. Now, I was like, okay, that sounds like a fun enough show. This will be some light popcorn viewing, and it is. All right. There's about like I don't know eight episodes. I think I want to see the first one. So. Oh really? Okay. So here's what happened. I'm not out. I could come back to it. No problem. Cool. It's wild because they're one of the worst shows of the year according to the proper bona fide critics. But that's why you're here with us. Exactly. You're not going to get some dickhead like, you know, me, like saying that this show is one of the best of the year, except anywhere else. Well, well, the themes of this one were not in keeping with today's current age of wankery. It definitely wasn't because I've never seen so many titty bonuses in one show before. (laughs) All right. But we have. (laughs) Hang on, hold on. You know me. I see a pair of thick, weighty well, breasts, well, and all the flies out the window. way too long. Fucking sound drop aside. There's so much penis. There's t- there's more penis God than ten eggs in the show. There's more titties. Like everyone. Wait, wait. Explain that one to me. More penis than titties. Oh, in this Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs is my word for titties. Oh, Tay 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 All right, so. And in fact, if you ever wondered where, what Soul. <laughs> if you ever wondered what Soul Man's cock looked like, it's just right in the face, right? Bam, right there. So see Thomas see Howell. See Thomas Howell. You Thomas certainly Howell, will. You'll see his Thomas <laughs> Howell. So. <laughs> so the, the, yeah, there's tons and tons of dick. And in fact, every single character either shows their dick, dick, dick their dick, butt, dick, their tays, their dick, dick, something, dick. right? I actually loved it because I watched it binge the whole lot, right? Wow. Yeah, just boom, bang, 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 bang. The only thing I will say about it is that some of the plot beats get a tad annoying because the whole we're fucked up on drugs thing does actually interfere with the excitement of the main gets plot. Gets a little bit over the top. It's a little bit annoying because in terms of, you know, like it keeps making them fuck up and it sort of pisses you off as an audience member. And I can tell you this, in terms of being drug affected, I can tell you from experience, I can handle my shit way better than these motherfuckers. All right. So there's that. Listen, but, not those yeah, little yeah, shit. Would you shut up, you cock-smoking fuckface? Bunch-ass, motherfucker. <laughs> Suck some dicks, man. Fuck. All right. Yes, good. Now that Paul's pissed off the whole audience by being a cunt, all right? Uh, <laughs> entertain them by inciting Wayne to rage. Eat balls. No. You choose your path. <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's just surprised. It's okay. one of the most fun things. I'm sure I could not defend this academically for anyone else or for any other people, but I like it's just one of the better times I had on TV this year. So there you are. Obliterated is my number eight. All right. My number seven is a show that I finished watching two days ago. 
Gen V. Oh, you got to it. I did get to it. Watch the whole eight episodes. Tell it? me about it, please, because I don't know anything about so it. So Gen V is the spinoff of The Boys. Right. And it follows a university where they train soups to be soups or heroes in one half of the campus. And the other half, they're training pseudo soups. I don't know. To be like the people that report on them. Oh, uh, so, okay. like, Yeah. It starts very fast. The first episode's really engaging, really eye-catching. There's a great, some couple of great moments and don't want to spoil it. And then it really slows down the next two, three, four episodes to really give you an insight into these characters and does a really good job of that. If you're looking for fast-paced action, this is not the show for you. Would you say it's similar in tone or pace to the boys? Slower. Slower. Yeah. Okay. Does come to a big head in the last couple of episodes of the show, though, and, and shit goes south in a, in a big, big way. So it does have the same rich vein of really inappropriate humor, though. Okay. Like, I don't think there's any other show, I'll give this spoiler for Gen V only, I don't think there's any other show in the world where they'll have someone who can shrink hanging off a guy's cock and jerking him off. Oh, really? Yeah. Seems like a lot of effort. Because he wants his cock to seem like it's big. (laughs) (laughs) I understand immediately. Um. (laughs) Seems like a lot of effort, but worth it. (laughs) I've heard that that's why dudes go out with Asian women. They've got small hands. So... (laughs) Not Paul, though, I'm sure. So <laughs> I am clearly the exception to that. <laughs> or not. Take it as you will. That's what um, my wife has to deal with. <laughs> uh, love you, Pat. I've had right. too much beer <laughs> and not enough food today. <laughs> Let's get Paul uh, a sausage. It does really weave in well towards the end of the show. With Is the Paul doing it? Can't tell. Can't say. May or Can't may not say. pop up. All right, fair I'll enough. Just say that but along with several other characters from The Boys. I think it does a really good job. They've greenlit this for a season two. They've green obviously, Boys season four coming this year. So I, I imagine we might get a bit of an inter, intertwinement. And I think we're going to get, so 2024, Boys season four, 2025, boy, uh, the Gen V season two, and 2026, then Boys season five, which might be the final season from what I'm, the sum of the scuttlebutt that I'm hearing. So. Yeah, yeah okay. there's a lot in this universe to explore. It's fantastic. It's got the same sensibility. Don't get me wrong. It's just not quite as fast paced. But by the end, legitimately, I cared about these characters and I where they put them at the end of this season. I'm like, whoa. Do you think it might feature in? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. All right. So okay. yeah, absolutely. Highly recommended. Gen V. Very good show. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, my number seven is in fact a uh, doco. Um, what? It's called Beckham. Oh, yeah, I've heard some great things about this yeah, show. Yeah, man. So check this out. First of all, directed by Fisher Stevens. Really? From Short Circuit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, well, when he, when he was playing more race-appropriate, Friends. Yes, Friends. Exactly, yes. So I had been advised to see this show for a while for a few different for a few different people. Uh, Brianna Petty, you absolutely said you should Shout out. out. Shout out. Now, I remember, I, I know zero about sports, ladies and gentlemen. The, the, I don't know shit. This is why it so shocks me. Yeah, it's about... In fact. Take it back! Yes, it's football, ladies and gentlemen, or known as soccer by some of you, or other football, football <laughs> in a, in a by some other proportion people. of the population. Exactly, and uh, so I, I know uh, Premier League football, completely no idea. But for some reason, this intre- this was yeah. Interesting. What, what attracted you to this? It's I haven't just, even got around to watching it yet. Oh, here's the thing, right? So if there's anyone I know anything about in this show, it's sport. It's uh, it's posh spice. It's not him, right? <laughs> so and she's in it a lot, right? But for some reason, this became interesting. I didn't know a lot of things about David Beckham. I just assumed he was Did always... Did you watch this to hopefully see a bit of posh No, spice? no, no, no. She's like, no, no. I don't even dig her anymore. She was just the Spice Girl that I liked most. 
Not even oh, ginger. Right. You would have thought ginger, but yeah, no. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, no, it's a, it's up and down. Anyway, so I assumed every that everyone loved every David <laughs> David Beckham always. <laughs> Spice up your life. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Turns out he had a hard time, Paul. He was actually in heavily disliked by his fans at some stage mm. because of uh, this red yeah. card he got at the, at the World, World Cup. Cup. And people used to spit in his face and abuse him on the street in England, right? Which and is slightly better than Colombia when you fuck up. Where they just and they shoot, shoot you. you, exactly. <laughs> but that was the guy letting a goal go. But I mean, like, this is, like, he, I remember him going Sorry, to play for, I remember him going to play for Real Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that he was traded against his will because his boss, and man, you didn't like him. That's a Ferguson. big thing. And I'm like, holy shit. And then he just kind of sensing the way his life went. Like, him moving to the States to play for LA and stuff like that. Didn't he make some squinting more money than the whole rest of the league combined? He did. Point? He yeah. did. And the LA team was shit. LA Galaxy or something? LA Galaxy, right? And everyone else was I don't like... I so much about this guy. Dude, everyone in the LA Galaxy was like fucking... Like, they're plumbers and shit like that. It was like a semi-professional league. And he's the only guy... And he's like, what the fuck's going on here? When he went there, there was only one real player. Must, and have, they, must have run rings around him. But it was his own team, so it was like he didn't know what to do. Like it was this weird. And there's one one real player guy there, and they had this bit of beef going on. And like the one guy can kind of play ball. Yeah, and Fuck it was off, like, I'm it, David Beckham. It's so weird. And this just to see how he lives. Like he lays out his clothes for the entire week. Yeah, he's got OCD, right? Uh, well, he says he can't stand being like a messy house. So literally, OCD. he said when yeah when when Spice Spice goes to bed, he will walk around the house for three hours clipping candle this wicks. Is called OCD. OCD, yeah. Look, it sounds like such a useful disorder to have. Mm. <laughs> so you can't I'd be so get neat, to where Paul. you need to get to because you haven't gotten the way it needs to be for you. Oh. Imagine oh. you can't leave the house. Your bed's made perfectly. I mean, that would have helped me out a couple of times, but I know what you mean. It would have mean I didn't leave the house some days. Okay, I see what you're going with. But what's interesting is to see the way he ticks and then like to see how his kids turned out. To, and what was really interesting was... They interview Sposh Spice, and basically when, when the Did British... Sposh Spice. Sposh Spice, <laughs> yes. And I haven't even drunk anything today, guys. Um, she said, one time, the, the, because the Brits are like this, okay? Yes, British lady, people in the, in the audience, I'm talking about you. Because you understand this. They all yelled out. There's 50,000 people in the stadium, and they decided to yell out, Posh Spice takes it up the ass, right? Like, every, can you imagine everyone yelling that? And then she said that she was, like, sitting next to someone in the stands. 50,000 people, Posh Spice takes it. as well? <laughs> no, she was like, she said the woman next to her was like, do you want a polo? Like, which is a little mint. Basically saying, what are you going to say to someone who 50,000 people just said took it up the ass? You know what I mean? It's just, like, really, really kind of, I don't yeah, know. It was just surprisingly that's, that's interesting. Nasty. Yeah, worthwhile, and it's like I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting show. Even yeah, it's it sounds as, great, man. I'm, go, I'm totally in you, and a couple other people have recommended it to me. I'm, I mean, yeah, you know how the last dance, right? Like that mm. was, but then I liked, and I recognized all of the moments in sports because I liked NBA. I know nothing about this thing, and still found it good. Awesome. There you That's go. That's a great recommendation. Thank you, sir, for bringing that one to the table. My number six is Barry season four. Bazza. We've wound it out. Barry comes to an end. I don't want to spe- speak too much about this show because if you haven't got on it, what are you doing, Wayne? I've only gotten season one, but I have heard this about season four, Paul. Apparently, there's not a lot of comedy going on in season four. It's more of a drama. Is that the case? I would suggest to you that the journey of this show is one that Barry also goes on. So, Bill Hader is on record as saying he never wanted to be an actor. He never wanted to get an SNL. He just, that's he where he fell. He wanted to be a director. That's his calling in life. And he directed. Like 18 of the 32 episodes in this show. Mm. So this is his calling card. I cannot imagine a world in which Bill Hader doesn't get projects off the basis of this show, which is a critical darling, but also is very accessible to people like us, Wayne, who are into kind of crimey, mm. mobby type shit, whilst 
poking fun satirically at the acting profession, which yeah. is what this show really does well. Season one through season two, the further it goes, the more it gets down. I want to say, I'm not saying up as an asshole at all because that makes it sound like it's pretentious, but no, this remains very grounded while still, I think, taking accurate, from what little I know, stabs at the industry for the way that it performs and, and the things that it does. I, I Honestly, this is one of those things that's always in my queue and if I didn't have a fucking podcast to produce, I would have seen it already. Uh, produce, to be on. Um, so... <laughs> But absolutely, I think I've always wanted to get to this Next one. Next time you're on a plane, Wayne, download a season of Barry and that will take you to your journey if you're going a long distance haul, two seasons. Half hour shows, yeah? Yeah, they're all half hour. Brilliant. You just burn they through should it. all be like that. And the, uh, He's brilliant, Bill Hayden, on the show. Sarah Goldberg as his sort of romantic lead is fantastic. Yeah? She might be the standout actor in this show. What she has to do from... Like the first really? season, she does no, fucking nothing. Like, uh, whatever. But the further the show goes, the more she has to actually act. She's astounding. I can't see how she doesn't have a wonderful career. And of course, with Stephen Root as yep. Barry's handler and Henry Winkler as Gene Cousineau. I will tell you. Who's fantastic. The Henry Winkler character in this, when he's flirting with the principal and shit like that, cracked me up, right? I was like, that's hilarious. So I love to see the phones kicking around. Yeah, so I cannot recommend the show highly enough. Whether you like the way the show ends will be... Mileage may vary. Full of, yeah, that's the way of putting it. Mileage may vary. So full of conjecture. But for me, the show was great. And I'm really glad that I got to watch it all in the way that I did. So yeah, Barry season four is my number six. My next download, uh, acquisition. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, my number six is a show that we have spoken about before. But uh, I think Paul actually recommended this to me again. And once again, this show, is this, this list is about bingeability. And The Legend of Vox Machina from two seasons I just wonderful pounded all of them wonderful because now I have an honorable mention of my on your list of, of mine ah excellent good and, and there is no way in the world that this is better than some of the world <laughs> <laughs> says you Paulie um, this is a animated show about a band of eight unlikely heroes and they find themselves on a quest to save the realm of Alexandria it's all it's all like hack and slash fucking fantasy that stuff right mm-hmm. But so D and D, it's literally a D and D campaign brought to life. Exactly. Now it's surprisingly funny and good. I binged the hell out of it. As I said, the characters actually good. Story moves along really well. I, I just found myself surprisingly bought in. The fact that it's R rated, and it has you know like casting and stuff like that in it helps you. It was the right level of me laughing at it and being impressed by it and then enjoying it. The only thing that I didn't like as much is is I like in this day and age I don't like that two D animation right. Mm. But I don't, like, it didn't stop it. Like, I would love to see this thing produced as well as What If, for example. That would be great. So, if they could swing that for the next season, you guys could be great. (laughs) Better than number six on Wayne's list. Now, it's a good show. I I think my... Again, I wasn't expecting it, Paul. Yeah, my, my reservations of the show are more... I don't want, I don't want to spoil it. So, I'm just going to say it's, it's to do with critical machinations of the plot. Mm. But overall, great fun adventure... D and D yarn, good stuff. Yeah. Do check it out. Okay, yes. Vox, Vox Machina. I said it's my 11, 12, maybe 13 of the season. Fair enough, fair enough. My number six is one that might be, for those who follow the show over the years, a little surprising. But I have to say, The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. Oh, you caught that. Yeah. As created by Mike Flanagan, he who did one of the greatest shows in the era of the podcast, The Haunting of Hill House. And then one of the piece, biggest piece of shit shows, the next one that followed, which I fucking hated. And then 
Oh, Haunting yeah. of Bly Manor? Or yeah, that's whatever. right. Yeah. And then I started trying to watch Midnight Mass and oh my God, what a bore fest. But we're oh, not we here. I barely heard about that. Yeah, go oh, It's so fucking painfully boring. <laughs> I'm four episodes in. cannot bring myself to go any further. Really? It is molasses slow. It okay. fucking sucks. But this show balances it perfectly. What's it about? It is literally bringing all of... Edgar Allan Poe's different story, not all of them, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but his more famous shit together. We're following the House of Usher. So yeah. Usher is a. So that's what I'm thinking of. Very, very powerful and rich brother and sister who are running this huge multi conglomerate, blah, blah, blah. They've got like, he's got the guy who runs it, is Bruce, played by Bruce Greenwood. Hmm. He's got six kids. And each episode, one of the kids gets killed. Oh by this vengeful spirit. And so the show bounces back and forth between there and he's telling the story to the guy who was on Alias, and I can't remember his name, Carl Lumley, mm. and he's the district attorney who's been pursuing them the whole their, his whole life basically, trying to bring him to justice because they run this company with it, which is poisoning the environment and doing all this other shit. He's telling him the full story. And one child dies per episode, effectively bringing us to episode seven. I won't go into any more detail than that. There's grandchildren involved. So, is it actually a, a dramatization of that? It's bouncing. The fall of the House of Usher? <sighs> yeah, yes that and story, no. But then there's the Raven in there, the Telltale Heart. Telltale Heart's in there. All of Edgar Allan Poe's oh. big shit is woven into the story. So, it's brilliant from that perspective. That would be kind of cool. And maybe the best part of the show is. Carl Kajina is the vengeful whatever she is. Oh, this really? thing that appeals to them at a certain point in their lives and you see that bouncing back and forth between now and the past. And yeah, look, I think it's really well done. It's not as anywhere near as scary as Haunting Hill House, but it's horrendously satisfying and really well conceived and put together and I can't fault that level. I was intrigued the whole way along. I think this shows what Carla Cagino, not Cagina. Mm-hmm. I think this shows what Flanagan can really do versus when he gets a bit stuck up his own ass, which for me would be the previous two shows. How many episodes? Like seven or eight? Eight. Eight and done. Wow. Yeah, series. it looked really interesting. Very satisfying conclusion. Can't fault it. Yeah, this is why it's so high on my list. The four, the house for Usher is my number five. Nice one. My number five is Reacher Season 2. There it is. There it there is. There it is. Okay, so um, Paul has told me recently on his next flight, he's considering watching The Reachers. Yeah, well, I right? uh, said so if it's as good the second season because you banged on about the first season. Lots of people are saying this one's good. I'll tell you one thing, right? The first season, as much as I loved it, right? It's not perfect and there's bits in it which I could poke holes at, right? And I guess you could do that with anything. This is, uh, again, a pure enjoyment thing. In fact, my whole list is like this, people. It's not going to be popular. Just vote for Paul. The, um, <laughs> Here's the, my caveat. No, no, it's fine. You can, you can totally do that. Uh, Reacher Season 2. Now, this one, after the first season, he moves from this town that he's doing all this shit to in another one. It's obviously another Lee Childs book that they're, they're adapting. adapting. Yep. He gets contacted by a former member of his defunct MP unit. He sees a military police dude from New York City when one of his ex-squad team is murdered. And he then reassembles a few of his remaining squad people. So you've got like kind of, it's a team, okay? And all of the team are very capable. It's a little bit like three other Reachers like around with him, but not really. He's obviously still the coolest one. It's only, I think, five episodes in right now from a run of maybe eight or ten. Ten max, I'm sure. Yeah. And so, uh, again, it's not the most amazing show ever, but I enjoy it so much. What is it that speaks to you, Wayne? What What does it do for you? I believe that the whole reason Reacher, even the novels are popular at all, mm. is that essentially Reacher himself is 
is this middle-aged man fantasy where it's a guy who could, who is like 6'5", and he walks around and everyone's scared of him, and if anything goes down, he can just smack people yeah, up, he, right? he can win any, any right. situation. But the reason why I think Reacher himself and this show is good is that he's a drifter. He doesn't own a house, a car, anything. All he I does, imagine why it appeals to you. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I still need a house to live in, Paul. He sleeps in motels yeah, and shit. Sure. He takes the bus everywhere, and the only thing he carries on him is a toothbrush. Wow. So, like... That's that, how he kind of was. <laughs> well, he's a military guy after all, right? But like, and he has all of his clothes at the op shop and shit like that. So he just changes all the time and he never gets involved in stuff. And it's like, is there some Eagles-esque freedom to being on the road all the time and never having anything? It's not practical because eventually it's going to go badly yeah, for sure. him. But, but the he, fantasy. The fantasy. Plus, he must save so much money not having a house and a car. <laughs> but anyway, he gets, he gets paid the pension from the, from the military. Right. That's what it is. And plus, he's super smart and super clever and huge. He's so big in this show. There's rumors of him being the next Batman, Paul. Ooh, damn. Now, that would be cool, except this guy is so large, right? He's like 250 and like 6'3 or whatever, right? Too big. And if he was, as Batman, he looked great. But if Bruce Wayne walked in looking like that, people would go, would that's go. fucking Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But no, I do love the show. I hope, I hear I'm not alone in the, in the listener community out there. But yes, I hope you I hope you like it, Paul. All right. Just make sure you look at it like uh, this is going to be no thing. Okay. It's just fun. All right. Then. My number four is, I'm very pleasantly happy to say, a great sophomore season from a very good show, which I like the first season of, which Wayne, I don't think you were that hot on. Go on. The Lazarus Project. Uh, I think I saw, yeah, I, I didn't continue with the first ones that I saw. Go on. Tell me Lazarus about Project this. Project basically follows a particular character named George, who keeps waking up on July 1st of the same year over and over again and reliving his life. He might get six months ahead. He might get two months ahead. He gets like nine months ahead. He's waking up on July 1st. Turns out he's got this, one of the very few people, like three people in the world who have this gene that every time this this organization called the Lazarus Project press a button to reset time back to July 1st, mm-hmm. he knows when it happens. Whereas all the rest of us, it just we wake back up on July 1st with no recollection having lived whatever the time was that yes. preceded. If you get past July 1st, the time is gone. Now we can only reset back to that date. Right. What the Lazarus Project do is they reset. If something bad happens, something cataclysmic, and the joke they make in the show is, what makes you think we didn't reset because of COVID so that we could get more research into the right hands to stop it from... And give you a vaccine yes. within like whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So normally it's around averting nuclear disaster and all the rest of that stuff. But yep. then in the first season of the show, George goes rogue and to save his, his loved one, he resets time himself and... You know, he causes a nuclear explosion basically to reset time to wow. save his love, loved one. And the second season picks up from there with him having betrayed the Lazarus Project. And then it gets really more timey-wimey. And you do have to pay attention even though the rules are probably fast and loose. If you think about it too hard, it might fall to pieces. Okay. But the idea is basically someone else has set off a time loop as well. The two time loops combined together. And after three weeks of July 1st or July 22nd every year, the world ends. So they've got to press really? the button every time. And so it's about how they tried to stop that from happening and the machinations that go through to make it happen. Wow. Very fun. Like they're playing in three different timelines through the course of the show. And my biggest and one qualm about the show is that the main character is so so fucking in love with his his main his his girlfriend on the show that he does stu- like stupid shit like end the world for it and then is like goofy and whatever about it. I'm like, no. Uh, yeah. But other than that, totally consistency. The show is very good. It's very well written. It's very fun, very entertaining, very fast paced. You never get bored in this show. Eight episodes, season two started 
all dropped as one onto Stan in Australia. I believe it's just finished in the UK, dropping one per week on Sky or Sky 2 or whatever it is. So, mm. yeah, Lazarus Project Season 2, if you're a sci-fi action enthusiast, is absolutely your cup of tea. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't think it was good when I saw it. I just, it's one of those, like, there's a million shows I could tell you. They were great. Just never saw the yep, rest of it. So. Fair enough. What do you got for four? Well, I'm a four. We're going back to the very early this year for this one. Mm. And it is, of course, The Mandalorian, Paul. Yeah. It's, it's a low honorable mention for me. Okay. So this, this season four, oh, sorry, season four. This is the third season. Third season. Not yes. Counting Boba Fett season 2.5. Yeah. It's very confusing for that reason. Uh, but the fights in, like, I think. Overall, like oh, there's heaps of great moments, like the fight between Din and the guard with the red gates, and the open successively like these doors, and it's like flying army, everyone's armored kind of shit. Grogu taking all three of these assholes on, like yeah, it's, when he when the Mandalorian in the Mandal- trouble. Oh, so good! And I was sitting there going, you know what? I was watching it all the way of through. All going, the new Star Wars shit. There's no question. This is the best. This is most definitely the best, and I think that you know from all of the even the set pieces, like the the Blade Runnery city of Coruscant. I don't know. Bo-Katan even, like, Katie Sackhoff is actually quite good as well. In this <laughs> you movie. sound surprised by this. I am, because usually she gives me the shits for some reason. But, like, <laughs> this is really good. And the, I think that no matter what, because, you know, you get, like, oh, third season, let's see. The, this season ended strong. Even this winky end with the little, you know, frog in the air. Whatever. Ugh, like, that wasn't good. I like that. Because no. it's like, oh, they finally got a house and stuff. No. And they're just sitting there. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. My biggest issue is that the Mandalorian has changed his ship from his, like, that big one to this little Naboo fighter. I'm like, where are you going to sleep, Mando? The other one, the other one was at least like a house you could sleep in there. This okay. is a fucking like cockpit shit thing. This is like Top Gun. You can't sleep in your fighter jet, but now he's got a house. See, so no, I, no problem with having a house. I have a problem with the winky fucking oh, frog I loved thing. That I loved that. So anyway, but that's just me. So I love me some Lorian. But more importantly, um, how are they going to go from here? Because I've heard that Pedro has fucked off. Are they going from here though? Well, or is that the end? Like, that's a pretty natural ending. I'm sure there's going to be a four. I don't know. I've not heard anything about it. Well, he has buggered off. So they can still do the Mandalorian without showing his face if they just got his voice. But his voice is not going to cut. Like someone else is suddenly doing Pedro Pascal's voice. Oh, you know what they can do now. All the Darth Vader's voice in that Obi-Wan show was fucking generated. James Earl Jones didn't speak a word of it. They fucking, they, they AI'd it. So he can do that if they want to. He has to sign off. That's all. You know. So just say, if I was him, I'd sign off like a motherfucker. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to earn a shit ton of money and not turn up anywhere. Forget about it. No, you absolutely could. He could do that, but maybe he's full of more integrity. I'm not going to be in the suit because that was a rumor back in season one. He was in the suit. The he's whole not time. in the suit. No, no, absolutely, he's not. And there's no question. No, it's been told. Not. Like there's actually credit to the guy who's in the suit Good. half the time. because so. yeah, originally they were saying, no, no, he's in the suit. I was in there the whole time. I'm yeah, sure. If you go back and look at interviews from the first season. Yeah, he's obviously well. Since he's in everything now, I'm sure he hasn't got the yeah. time to do that. So there you are. Won't be the last we'll hear of Pedro. Uh, no, it won't. <laughs> Okay, my number three is a show that genuinely surprised me because I normally fucking hate shows about psychologists. Oh my. Anything that involves, even The Sopranos. There's yes, a reason why true, The Sopranos true. doesn't get into my top four or five shows of the year. It's largely the therapy sessions with these psychiatrists. It's not uncommon for people in a profession yeah. to see the depiction. And I'm and sure it's the same for other shows. And I, though I want to understand The Bear might be the exception for people mm. who work in hospitality. But this show absolutely gets past my prejudice against shows about psychologists by basically saying, this is a show about psychologists behaving badly. It's called Shrinking. Mm, and I've not seen this yet. Directed by, it's created by Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence. The aforementioned genius that he is. Shrinking is such fun. It is so funny, but it's also so serious. Really? It, again, like the best Bill Lawrence stuff 
straddles that divide between serious and funny so perfectly. Jason Segal's never been better. Really? As this therapist who is a clinical psychologist, much like myself, who has... Oh, so he's the therapist. Yeah. I thought Hazard Ford was. Hazard Ford's also the clinical oh. psychologist. He runs and owns the practice that Jason Segal works at, but so he contracts to him. They never really spell it out, but basically he's his mentor. Oh, okay, okay. And so they both work there, and then there's an African-American woman who's the third clinical psychologist that works there as well. Those three form this sort of triumvirate. And he's lost his wife, Jason, Jason Segal, before the show starts. And he's got a 18, 19-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be, well, the, at the start of the show, he's not. He's just stuck in his grief. And he realizes he needs to be a better father to his daughter who's just going off the rails if he wasn't already. And meanwhile, she's seeing has a Ford without dad knowing. Oh, yeah, and really? In and of itself. May, December. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not fucking him. Oh, she's, she's, she's seeing she's, him as a thing. Oh, okay, okay. Like, damn. He's done a great job of trying to help her. And it's so great. And then next door neighbor is is the chick from Drew Carey Show and Scrubs, who's oh, yeah. Bill Lawrence's wife. wife. Yep. Yeah, Christina Matthews, I think her name is. Yep. And she's great in that role too. And her husband is Ted, not Ted. What's his name from? Ted, Ted from Scrubs. Married with Children. Oh, oh right, right, right. Greg McKinley. No, that's Ted McKinley. Ted McKinley, yes. yes oh, yes. maybe I'm mixing his name up. Yeah, yeah that guy. What's that the husband's name? Yeah, so he's also Marcy's in husband. Platonic. He's, he's the, the asshole dude who's the restaurant owner. Yes, Ted, oh, that guy. It's Ted McKinley. I think you're right. That's not Ted McKinley. Oh, shit, it is. He's yeah. so fat now. Yeah. Wow. So he's in this show as well. He's a very agreeable. Look, they're all excellent. The cast is fantastic. The writing's great. There's lots of chuckle-worthy moments every episode, yet it strikes that somber chord. I... Loved shrinking, and I would recommend to anyone. This entire prayer is coming from a shrink included. Yeah. Okay. So. No, I'll definitely check it out. I'll definitely check it out on the list. Season two is coming apparently, which I'm really excited by. So yeah, All there right. we are. My number three, shrinking. Nice one. My number three is a late entry, and I was so impressed that it's at number three on my list. It's a show called Blue Eyed Samurai. Oh, I watched the first half an episode today on the basis of all. The profound feedback from the listeners in that we're going to hear it in the pop ten section coming up, bro, bro. It looks so good. I didn't Only ex- the first half an episode looks so good. How hard did you get into it? I got four episodes in. Okay, all right. Now this is a bloody and emotionally fraught tale of revenge. It is about basically the sixteen thirty three. Yeah, way back in the in the feudal Japan, shall we say? And uh, the idea is that being a mixed race person back then specifically mixed with white if you're in Japan, was looked upon as you are, you are, you're dirty. You're a demon. You're a demon. You're this, you're that. It was so poorly cast upon. And this is, of course, about a blue-eyed samurai who happens to be a woman, which I didn't know about. Well, I assumed she was a woman based on the first half episode I've seen. That, thank no, you but I, I just assumed it was like, it was about a dude. Her voice is definitely a woman. Yeah, no, it's a woman voice. playing. The, and it, you, 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 it is actually said, yes, you're a woman. And that's also a secret. Apart from her having blue eyes and being a woman. Like she's just, because it's feudal Japan. They only t- talk to men, right? The, this is that a is, big spoiler you just came there? As soon as you hear her speak, you'll know. Yeah, well, right? I, I did think that. Now, we're talking about, this is painterly 3D animation. It's not the same as that 2D stuff, nor is it as high-tech as What If, but it's somewhere in the middle and it's beautiful. Looks so much better than What If. To no. My, to my mind, it did. Uh, again, it looks, the half an episode I saw. It's more artistic looking than What If because yeah, it's more it. manual, but just this historical backdrop of what it, it's doing and the fact that You'll see in the end of the first episode, they actually do a this season on Blue-Eyed Samurai. It's really weird, right? They kind of show you a little bit of what happens in what's going to happen. And the the characters themselves, first of all, do not watch the... Even though it's animated, don't watch it with your kids. 
Yeah, there are uh, just titties. There's oh, fucking. There's everything. Just where I got to where there was some breasts. In oh, him. it's like what the shit titties. I'm like animated titties. I'm like what? It's weird. He's like right? shit titties undoing his pants. No, it's animated. <laughs> I, don't, I got a problem with animated. I've got a problem with animated titties, but it doesn't do a thing for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good to know. I'm not your hentai guy. All right. I'm not, I'm not that guy. All right. So um, yet. But, yeah. <laughs> but the action in it, even that first episode, is just a taste of the kind of. Yeah, I haven't of, seen much action yet. Because there isn't. It's all. What it's all. In, it's all sort of inferred. It's like. It's like. It's not quite there. But this is like what they're doing with the show is. It just is so beautifully written. Big call to get four episodes in and put it at number three. Because I'm hella impressed, Paulie, okay. and I'm totally like. And you oh. are the artiste. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's probably one of the best animated things I've seen. Wow. I didn't expect it to be remotely this good and probably has no business. It's ironic. Two animated shows and one of his top 10 shows in 2023, yet he hates fucking animated cinema. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't get it. Oh, uh, well. No, what, no order the rest of the audience. Maybe I'm growing, Paul. Maybe. Uh, well, maybe going backwards. I don't know. Um, but you'll find this amusing, Paul. There is actually, uh, you know that that uh, in Kill Bill, that song that, that dan, 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 yeah. that's in this. <laughs> and they Fine. do little things like cover Metallica songs in it. Very unusual little like, okay. moments. So, yeah, uh, I think anyone would watch this and love it. I'm sure you may, most of you have. I'm keen to check it out. Could be another show to watch on the plane in go. upcoming weeks. Well done, sir. My number two. It's got to be your one or two. Yeah. Last of Us. Yeah, it's number two. Yeah, there we are. Same place. Let's talk about Last of Us. Same place for us. So this is the adaptation of the Sony PlayStation game of the same name from 2013, as mm. it turned out the first time. So 10 years later, it comes to the screen in a form of nine episodes. And they Neil Druckmann, the guy who created the game, brings on Craig Mazin, the guy who did Chernobyl. And they produce one of the most memorable, excellent shows in such a long, long time. The best video game adaptation by fucking daylight. Do you think that... Last of Us, I can't even think of what comes second. It's so far difference between. I mean, is it, is it a different thing because it's a TV show? and like, Maybe. Like a game, it's sort of... Nine, so nine, they're not all 50 minutes long, how long are the episodes? Somewhere between 43 and 81 minutes. So that's give or take. I think we're getting pretty close to nine hours and that might be the difference. And so it's a pretty simple story. You know, in this post-apocalyptic world, this fungus has taken over humankind, turned them into basically monsters, animated dead, if you will. And so a guy comes to care for a young woman who might well be the cure to this disease... He has to escort her across the country and they get assailed on all sides by many, many things. But God, the game is so much more detailed. The game, so the show as well, so much more detailed than that. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, of course. Um, this was, I would say, the last time I remember appointment viewing on this mm. level. Like we were clamoring for the next episode. I was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? So Pedro Pascal, yep. aforementioned, is, is the guy and Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones mm. is... The girl in the show, I believe much, now they yes. are they're non-binary, so just to acknowledge that. Is she? Oh, he, he, it, they. they. They are incredible. Both of them are excellent in this show. And then so are all the sport characters. I don't think it's a bad bad performance in this show, which really, really helps it. The second episode from memory, is a, or maybe the third, can't remember, is the one that follows the guy from Parks and Rec. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Nick Hofferman. Yeah, Nick yeah. Offerman and... That was amazing that that episode worked. And they create such... And, and Murray Bartlett. Uh, they create such a believable dynamic as these two men who find each other and fall in love mm. and live, live through the next 10, 12 years and of And he's a, he's, a, he's a prepper and everything. Yep, he's and a survivalist. Yeah. Brilliant. Just uh, that honestly that episode there I'm like why am I enjoying this so much it has nothing to do with the lead characters and they got away with it. That was the long episode. Writing. That was like almost his own telly movie about their yeah. life and it just yeah. like you think it would interrupt the flow but And it didn't. But then we get 
Joel and Ellie, they come into their lives and you see a little bit of that in the corner. So yes. Nice. And then they, you see him again later on in the season. And yep. it's, it'll, yeah. Absolutely great show. Absolutely one of the best for sure. I'm into it. Yeah. I can't speak of... You've seen this show if you're into it. If you haven't and you can deal with horror, watch this Even show. me, the anti-horror guy... And well, you hate post-apocalyptic shit. It's, it's dour it, exactly. as fuck. Exactly. This show, I shouldn't like this and show, but I love it. you haven't played the game, had you? Never. So when the when the show does its turn, it does do a turn. We'll get any more detail yep, than that. Yep. Did that shock the fuck out of you? Yeah. yeah. I remember going, not, oh, We're not Red shit. Wedding Game of Thrones level, obviously. No, but it was like, I was I did not see it coming. And when I was like, oh my God. So then the, when that happens, you're like, oh, is this the way it's going to go now? And it, become, and it just flips the script big time. Yep. And you see what happens. So yeah, yeah, absolutely check it out. Especially if you haven't played the game. Because it's so much yeah, like... I, I'm put off playing game two because I just probably want to watch the TV show. Absolutely, bro. I mean, un- unencumbered, sense. if I can put it that way. Nice. All right, there we are then. That's our list. So to get to number one, I'm going to run you through my top Go ten. Ted Lasso season three at ten. Nine, Only Murders the Building season three. Hijack at number eight. Seven, Gen V. Six, Barry season four. The final season. Five, The Fall of the House of Usher. Four, the Lazarus Project Season 2, shrinking its first and hopefully not only season. And then Last of Us, we know that's coming back. Season 1 at number 2. My number 1, just nudging out The Last of Us. Welcome to Wrexham. Season 2. You're kidding me. This Holy is number 1? shit, Wayne. I forgot all about this equivalent show last year. Season 1 was a revelation. Season 2 is arguably even better. You're kidding. It is this so good. good. Look, I'm a sports guy. Yeah. Like you may not have picked that up. Maybe you have you on the have. show. I played a lot of sport when I was growing up. I played, I mean, I represented as a kid, but nothing at even state level. Never gonna, even got that high. It's sort of suburban level, mm-hmm. whatever. So I never had the joy of representing anything large. So for me to get behind a show which is about the struggling football team, soccer team, football team, which has been down to I think the fifth level of the English Premier, the English League, and then Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney come together and decide to buy this club and try to propel it back to its greatness. And you think, what a cynical fucking exercise. I've done this for the TV show. Mm. And it's hard to dispel that for the first half of the season. But dear God, these guys put so much effort into this. They seem to be in Wrexham, which is in Wales, mm. so often. Particularly Rob McElhinney. Not to have any go at Ryan Reynolds because he's you know, the biggest star yep. and he's doing his thing. But they are there and they are interacting with the fans and the local pub owner and the guy who does the announcing and they are hands-on all the way. And that's the genius of this show. It's not just about those two trying to prop up this club. It's about the players. It's about you get to know a lot of them. And their performance on the pitch, you get to see a lot of slow-mo footage. of the, That would be enough for me. But then you get to see the fans right down to this, this single dad of two kids whose dad supported Wrexham and he's loved them his whole life. And then in the second season, they introduced the women's team because the women's team and they've been quite successful but not as successful as they have started this season. Will they go all the way? Will they be the most successful Wrexham team ever? It's so good, Wayne. It's they give the history of the town sometimes. Those episodes are a little bit slow, but still, you get an idea. You feel like you know this place. You live in this place. I'm really surprised. Wrexham are my team now. I never real. Liverpool used to be it from back in the '90s when there was a bunch of Australians playing for them. Mm. I've just switched over. I, I check out Wrexham scores every week. I watch the highlights every week. Wow. Like wow. I'll know this third season. I'll know because there is a third season coming. 
how they've gone. I wonder where how many they people are. Not are like you. Not going to spoil it. Yeah, I wonder how many people are like you. It's like when like I'm bought a Wrexham shirt, but I'm pretty close, man. I'm pretty close. Holy shit! Holy shit! This is like when the Manchester you uh, hired a Chinese player, and then he was huge. Yeah, then the whole sense. team was huge in China. It's you know? so awesome, and I have to say, Ryan and Rob, if they are assholes, yeah, it just they don't come across. That's of course they control the edit and whatever else, but. You see moments of rawness where like, what the fuck have we done? Hmm. They show that. So they don't edit that out, you know? It seems like a real life Ted Lasso. Have we made a fucking mistake here? Like, how much have we bled? $200 million. How am I going to tell my wife? Like, there's those, yeah, those moments. Yeah, yeah. So, and you can see that, you can see the doubt on their minds. And, mm. and like, Rob's would invite all his mates around to watch a game and they fucking lose the game 1-0. He's like, sorry, sorry, guys, sorry. Really? You know what I mean? Just like that. They don't just show the wins. They show the losses. Well, okay. literally, because you can't fake this shit. Mm. You can't fake what happens in season one. You can't fake what happens in season, season two. I'm not going to f- tell you any more than that. Watch the show. Okay. Wow. You're number one. Didn't see it coming. There you go. I, you I don't think I see your number one coming either, because I think I've accounted for most things until you now shock me. Run us back to your list. Cool. Ten, platonic. What up? Nine, what if? Ridiculous. <laughs> I know this episode got a lot less funny after that, because... <laughs> Wayne's been a lot less ridiculous since then. <laughs> Eight's obliterated. Seven is Beckham. Six, Legend of Vox Machina. Five, Reacher. Season two is four, The Mandalorian. Three, Blue-Eyed Samurai. Two, The Last of Us. And number one is a show that I never got to, but I saw all four seasons this year. Okay. It's called Succession. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, you're in good company with the, with the fucking yeah. critics. Love the shit out of the show. Well, I didn't expect to. And I'll tell you this, Paul. Here's your, here's your classic. Everyone is unlikable. Not one person in this is likable. Yet whoa, 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 whoa. How do you like this shit? What? If you don't, if everyone's unlikable, how do you like this? I know, and that's why this is huge, Paul. Because this is one of the most compelling shows that... So compelling, Wayne, to smash shit that's out right, of his I head. That's right. <laughs> one of the most compelling shows I've seen. I've been binge-watching this shit out of it from episode one all the way through se- the last episode of season four. Like you've never even mentioned this fucking show. I know, and this is why it is. Like I Essentially, right, it's about... Who's the bad guy from Lethal Weapon? No, I'm talking about him. Brian Cox, right? Brian Cox. That's right. In Lethal Weapon. No, he's the other guy. He's the, yeah, you're right, you're right. Sorry. He's, <laughs> in, he's in fucking Long Kiss Goodnight. That's what he is. He was so good to them, <laughs> Him and um, Jeremy North and like there's like people in this that Sarah you would Snook. know. Sarah Snook, things like that, right? It's essentially, supposedly, about the Murdoch family, right? Okay. And that there's this media empire magnate guy, and he's the father, and all of his kids are like conniving little turds. Kieran Culkin, all those sort of thing. He's like a crackhead, a little kid, whatever. But they're all like millionaire children, right? And they're all kind of trying to vie for whatever happens with like, you know, how they basically get into hiring the company. Yeah, they, want, their they, want, they want approval, they want their dad's money. Exactly. Hence succession. Right. And everyone is a prick, but I couldn't stop watching it. Whatever, like they've done with this. It's a bit like Billions. That's one of your faves? Which is one of my honorable mentions. Yep. yep. But it just, it, it, for some reason, it's more um, compelling for some reason because even though it's a dirtier show, yeah, for me to watch all four seasons of a show yeah, within a few never weeks. Never mentioned it. Wow. I know. It's, it's, it's not a little surprise. So Succession is my number Maybe one Maybe another one for the next plane flight. All right. Thank you. I don't know if you'll like it though. I can mm. tell you. I don't know if you'll like it. It's very drama-y and it's very businessy. It's not quite yeah. your jam. Yeah, it's more you than So me. yeah, there you go. Well, that's Alice Wayne. Run us down your honorable mentions then. Sure. Ted Lasso, Only Murders in the Building, Billions. And I did put House of the Dragon on here just for fun. That was last year, man. Was it? Yeah. Glad I didn't put it in there. <laughs> 2022. No, House of the Dragon wasn't 2022. Are you we, sure? Yeah, I'm sure. 
Well, There's good. no way House of Dragon wouldn't make top 10 list. It did last year for us. Hang on, Conti. Oh, Come yeah, on. you're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glad I didn't put it in there. <laughs> you are a sad, strange little man. I almost put Peacemaker in here. Oh, fuck, that would be good. <laughs> fuck that up. I was just absolutely gone <laughs> to town. All right, I had Squid Game the Challenge. Uh, is it good? Uh, do you like it? Yeah, I thought maybe the way you talked about it was going to be on no, the list. No, I, I was wondering. I didn't watch enough of it to sort of... I yeah. saw the whole thing, finished it. And? Yeah, yeah. enjoyed it. The Continental from the world of John Wick. Wow. If that last episode where people were just bulletproof didn't happen, it would have been on my Actually, list. Actually, I thought episode one was brilliant. Episode one was brilliant. Episode two was really boring. And I liked episode three, but you're right. It was very like, eh. Bro, they were reloading in the open. Does no one play Call of Duty? Invincible season two A. Yeah. Haven't seen enough of it yet. Exactly. And Legend of Vox, my of season two. Then Mandalorian season three. Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. I'm halfway through episode six. Mm-hmm. It's good, but not great. Okay. Survivor. Survivor Australia and Loki season two rounded out my I list. I thought they would surely be on your list. A lot of good shows this year. A yeah. lot of good shows. Loki season two was good, but not great. I had trouble following the fucking thing. Like, yeah. what There's again? a lot of timey-wimey machinations yeah. explaining themselves mm. shit going on there. That's Alice. What about yours in this incredibly long episode? It's long. We're long, aren't we? We are. That's okay. We're okay sometimes. Sometimes, Wayne. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> You're allowed to be long. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know, Paul. <laughs> Let's get into it then. With your feedback on the top of your hand segment that we call the Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Kicking off this week's Pop 10 with Chris Yeeney, patron to the show. Reaches season two is starting damn fine. Damn right. Poker Face is a hell of a murder of the week show. And Blue Eye Samurai is a great animated show. Of course, Boys and Invincible. Timothy Williams said, Barry, I love how it ended. Noho Hank is one of my all-time favorite characters. Number two, Invincible. Great start of the season. Show always leaves you wanting more. Number one, Jury Duty. Great hidden camera comedy. James Marsden is hilarious. I like me some James Marsden. I've not heard of that one. I think I mentioned it once on the show. Yeah. First episode didn't grab me, but I'm really glad that Timothy has enjoyed it. Blake Jarvis said, Australian Survivor, colon, heroes versus villains. Number two, The Bear. Number one, Wayne Succession. Yeah, boy. Adelaide Spence said, massive shout out to Survivor 45, the best season of the show since at least COVID, if not longer, and is a great introductory point for new fans while also reminding longtime fans while I started loving the show. I've watched every season of Survivor bar maybe one or two that I might have missed through the course of the year. This was a good season. I do. American one, yeah? Yeah, the American one for sure. But Blake Jarvis had the Australian one. My wife and daughter like the Australian one way more than the American one these days. Even though the Australian one just doesn't know how to edit, fuck all. Yeah, it's That's long. still its big problem. Though this season, the American one added in, instead of being 42 minutes, started being an hour, hour five per episode. It's almost like an hour and a half, well, an episode and a half per episode. So they, they've obviously gone, well, fuck if Australia are doing it. We might as well make our episodes longer. I wonder how that's affecting their ratings. Mm. Yeah, okay. So yeah. David Powell, Patrick Extraordinaire, one of the co-hosts of the We Watched a Thing podcast, said he gave us 10. He said, Paul can just read my top three. And I fucking will, David. <laughs> You've been name checked enough this episode. Number three, platonic. <laughs> uh, if only not going to happen. Number three, lessons in chemistry. Brie Larson's best work since Room. New one on me. Number two, Silo, which was my worst of life. Yes, yes. Top shelf sci-fi with brilliant cast and perfectly paced. You're wrong, David. <laughs> and number one, shrinking. Yes, now you're right, David. The most feels of any show this year. Best thing Harry has done in years. Has a Ford. Has a Ford. Tom Nolton Craig. Might be his first contribution show. If so, Tom, welcome. It's up, wonderful over here. I know the boys aren't usually all that into anime, but the season of television that just came out this year 
was the best I saw was easily Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Hard-hitting character moments, phenomenal fight scenes, beautiful animation. Overall, phenomenal show. Never heard of that one. Mm, nice. Very nice. Jonas Lander, patron of the show, said, number three, tired from Invincible and Reacher Season 2. Tired because they are good but incomplete. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Number two, Loki Season 2. Best of the Mouse's Marvel TV by far. Loki in general, that is. I would 100% agree, John. And number one, Last of Us. First two episodes are the best examples of cold opens I've seen on TV. So chilling. And it's got me off my ass to watch Chernobyl. I hope you enjoyed that, John. Mm. Very, very nice. Mike Nargosi, another wonderful patron of the show, said, three, 30 coins, season two. Very dark, supernatural Spanish show. Paul Giamatti is in season two as well. Ooh. Number two, The Last of Us, just a solid show start to finish. Number one, The Bear by a Mile. Fox, Ep, and The Holiday Family Dinner One are some of the best eps of any show in many I've years. I've started watching that, so. Couldn't oh. get through season one, I know. Sorry. No, no, it's, 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 it's tough. It's actually can be sorry, tough. but like I'm glad, so glad that Mike enjoyed that one. Nicole Presley, patient of the shows, The Last of Us, Silo, and Yellow Jackets. Clearly disagreeing with two out of my three. Wow, there, what well on Nicole? Janine Delafonte said it's hard for my husband and I to watch the same show together. So we have a lot of different. Oh yeah, a couple shows hosts. are tough. Yep. yep, he didn't get into Last of Us, so I have to make time to finish that. So he, she couldn't mm-hmm. get on with that. Mm-hmm. So my list doesn't include new shows from 2023, but here's mine: Slow Horses. I've heard so much about one. this. Only Murders Building Season number two. Number three, The Rice is Gemstones. All season started watching it earlier in the year. Yeah, I've heard of that one too. Very, very nice. Okay. Jonathan Lamb said number three, moving a really intense Korean take on the superhero genre. Okay. Number two, Blue Eye Samurai. If you like a deeply moving and engaging revenge tale, this is for you. If you love John Wick style action fights, lots of flair, this is for you. Mm. Don't let the fact it's an anime stop you from checking out this amazing series. Awesome words. Thank you, Jonathan. Agree. And number one, The Bear Season 2. It's not easy to follow up a brilliant breakout season, but what a triumphant Season 2 it was. The creators managed to keep the same mad rush pace as Season 1 and at the same time add a whole bunch of curveball side plots and developments to keep this f- series fresh and engaging. Can't wait for Season 3. Then Dan Roski said, Year of the Dog, perhaps. Reservation Dogs, I think it was Season 3. I've heard that was great. I've Rain Dog, great. don't know what that is. And Yellow Jack is just kidding, it was dog ass. <laughs> and lastly, Smile Samani, you name-checked him earlier, Wayne. Said, here's some animation I enjoy. Junji to Maniac, Japanese Tales, the Macabre, Stunning, Stunning, Stunning. Mm-hmm. Blue Eye Samurai, Outstanding. And number one, Scissor 7, Season 4. This show is everything. Nice. And there we are. That is Smiley's take and indeed all your takes. Sorry we couldn't get through all the feedback this week. Thank you to everyone who bothers to take the time to write their favorites. Love in. reading. I think we got a lot of, I think we covered all the big, Big ones there from the listeners. Thank you so much for all your feedback on the, this topic and indeed the show in general. Wayne, what's happening next week for episode? Is this 455 today or 454? 455 today and 456 next week is 456 next week. The worst 10 films of 2023. There we are. Looking forward to that one because Paul's probably just look. He's spoiled for choice, is what's happening, I ladies and gentlemen. Lot, I have seen a lot of films this year. I think more than Wayne probably has. Mm-hmm. by some considerable margin. So I do get a little bit of a vein that pops in my forehead during <laughs> doing that episode, more so than the TV episode. If you want to hear me get apoplectic. Apoplectic. That's the word, apoplectic. Thank you. Fuck it, I fucked that up. <laughs> uh, you can see when I've gone through shit there and I've added stuff in. Good to hear. So look, yeah, look, that's our f- episode today. Four, five, five. Is that what? It is, is four, five, five. Is coming to an end. Wayne, how the good folk get in touch with us? Let us know their feedback on the topic at hand. Google the Countdown Podcast. Find out all our shit. Go our socials. Join that shit. Or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us on the websites. What thecountdownpodcast.com. 
Facebook, link to the show notes. Facebook, give me a link to the show notes. Patreon, link to the show notes. Join that shit. Podbean. <laughs> Get involved. Like, follow the show there. Like, give us a review. Like, that's most important at this stage of things. We stopped, stopped sort of advertising that two, three years ago. Yeah, it has stopped, of course. If you got on board, you haven't bothered. Review on Apple Podcasts, rating on Spotify. That's how we get out to a wide audience. That's really what we genuinely would appreciate. And that's it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. This immensely long episode It's going to take me forever to edit. Exactly. And I hope you uh, all punch 2024 in the dick. Yeah, we're already... This, by the time this comes out, it's a week in. Yeah. So we probably should do this last week. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, okay. um, happy happy New, Year. New Year. We hope you're doing very, very well. My name is Paul. And my name is Wayne. And this has been the Soundboard. Vindication! For all the TV shows today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Catch you next week. See ya. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget why you made up the ones who were there. But no one else would care. And don't be afraid to cry now. Even when the world comes crashing in. And don't forget to sing when you win. And don't forget to sing. Sing when